Martin! Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! And welcome to another episode of Jobber Talk. My name is Martin, and I'm gonna tell you guys this guest has been a long time coming in this podcast. No, what am I kidding? You heard him last May and talked about a certain third man search. He is one of the co-hosts of the longest week running week- longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the SGP podcast. Stancy at your service. I mean, Martin, you know, it's we're direct competitors, but get it right. I mean, the disrespect. You have me as a guest. You can't even do Stan's bit right. I'm sorry. And yes, today's guest is Grab Camus himself, Camus. Welcome to the show, Camus. I mean, it's 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 part Rafael Camus, part Rafael. Grab Camus. I, because I always have to make the distinction. Grab Camus is the character. As much as as much as people think that it's Grab Camus is a reflection of Raf Camus, that's true. But I make a delineation. He does things that I don't necessarily do sober. Oh, that's that's okay. the difference. That's okay. the difference there. So like. When, you know, we're doing this podcast mainly because I have MSG coming up and I wanted to air my grievances. And you wanted to do this also. Hell yeah. And I want to air my grievances about, S, you know, Stan C. Okay, okay. Main Max and uh-huh. Sandata. Mr. C, if you will. Just, just to make that delineation as well. Yes. Grab Camus would like to make that delineation. But if you're talking to Raf Camus, then we're, we're all good here. We're all good here. Like, we're, we're, we're going to do it your way. The way you do it, your show. It's because it's your show. Right. I'm just talking a lot. Welcome to the show, Camus. I have waited a long time for this since our last interview with, well, you. Well, well, it's, yeah. It's, it's been. A, I mean, a you've done you've done interviews with Tito Titi, you with with TDT and ECX. I mean, you should grab Cap on the show sometime. He's a fun interview, also. Right. But you know, I, I appreciate the friendship that we we've had. Since uh, God, 2014 ish, yeah, yeah. the second PWR show, exactly. But before we start with that, let's start with you, Raf. Yes, when did you start watching pro wrestling? What caught your eye that want you to stick to this thing called professional wrestling? Well, my my backstory always harkens back to like a lot of people, Attitude Era, mm. Attitude Era kid. Um, when Star Sports picked it up, oh. when Star Sports picked up the nice. Attitude Era, um, I became an avid viewer. I I had like I used to have this next door neighbor friend, who you know that it, he lives in that house directly across Balay Camus. Okay. Um, his grandma really spoiled him with wrestling toys that you could get in Rustans only at the time. So these were these were like the 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 nice. Tail end of an tail end of the Hasbro, the Hasbro era. Oh, no. So it's it was, it was this series. I remember, I remember very distinctly. the The guy had a ring, he had a ring. Me too. He had a ring. He had Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, yeah. British Bulldog, and ayon. This is this is pre pre Steve Austin. Yeah, it's pre so Steve like Austin, pre Jacks, so, pre Jacks, pre Jacks specific, all of those stuff. So he started getting into it, and I was just like, "What the f, f is this?" It's like, "Are you like what's wrestling?" And he's like, "Oh, you don't know wrestling." And I was like six or seven. He's like, 
okay, so I have these tapes. We're gonna watch it. I can't remember what in your house it was. I remember it was like terrible in your house pay-per-view. It was one of the first ones. Oh, who was the main event? Like, I think it was Sean, Sean Michaels. I can't Versus. remember. I, but I can't remember. But this is my first exposure. Okay. And I was just like, ah, well, that's kind of cool. I'll watch it. But but the biggest thing was seeing Undertaker. Like, okay. just, you know, for the first yeah. time. And this was still like when he was wearing purple. Like, purple everything with the gloves and the hat. And then Paul Bearer was around. And I was just like, what? the hell is a dead guy doing doing on you know on TV and fighting and it's just like I like this guy I'll stick with him okay. and then came Attitude Era like once once I was more cognizant about it I started catching on to DX Steve Austin um, Bret Hart had left na. like I yeah. missed I missed the screw job I missed the screw job okay. very clearly but all of these things like it was post screw job where I started becoming more aware of wrestling and that's when my fandom sort of got cemented okay speaking of fandom in wrestling well I've been seeing your Facebook post and some of it centers around a certain current WWE wrestler oh Sami Zayn Sami Zayn when did you get the introduction to Sami Zayn aka ah. El Generico cause you I, I have a love affair yeah. I have a love yeah. affair with El Generico I will say that um, when I was in high school, like I would say my senior year high school is when I started getting exposed to ROH a bit more. Like this was the time that CM Punk got signed to OVW. Okay. And I remember reading about it and I'm just like, who the, this is the time that Lords of Pain was, oh, yeah, LOP, very, yeah. LOP was very much a thing. So I started reading it and I was like, Okay, Ring of Honor. What the f*** is Ring of Honor? I've only really known WWE. I should be watching CM Punk. So I was able to find a few CM Punk matches okay. online. And then, so that was my first exposure to Daniel Bryan, um, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. But the, when you're watching these full downloaded cards and you come across a name like El Generico, you're like, who the f***? Is this white ass wannabe Mexican wrestler, and he's so entertaining. So I was like, okay, like, well, let's give this guy a shot. And then that that also led to my introduction to Kevin Steen along the way. Okay, yeah. So you sort of like run into these matches of these two guys, and you're like, oh, this kind of cool. And then you hit 2008 when their feud starts to you know bubble up oh, you see yes. you see how the two of them are reaching the pinnacle of current ROH uh, programming at the time uh, they were tag champs going up against the box and then you see the betrayal and you're like oh shit what's going on here and then that's when I started like saying okay Generico's my guy now like f*** everything Generico's my guy so I had an on and off like in college I had an on and off affair with with El Generico okay. leading up to the point that um, you, you, you'd you hear about the ladder matches you'd hear about all of these things and then you'd try and you know search cobble the internet for the match a couple of weeks later and then eh, wala di mo mahanap so you find the highlights you find YouTube was coming up at the mm -hmm. time and ROH was using it and then you just I, I just fell in love with the character mm -hmm. 
how sympathetic he could be, how insane his moves were. And ayan, I stuck with him. I stuck with him until he gets signed to NXT and you're just like, so that's what he looks like. Uh, without without the, mask. the mask. But then, no, because I remember his intro, like his first video, his first video package for NXT, he was still wearing his generico tights yeah. because that's how soon it was from him signing that they asked him to come in. So I was just like, oh shit. Well, uh, Sami Zayn, okay, we can get behind this. And then you see, you know, you see him slowly come up. You see his matches with Cesaro on NXT. And you just think, God damn. You know, if he makes main roster, we're good. And he did. And he did. No, no, but but that journey, that journey in NXT, as NXT was coming up, um, it was really good. It was really good. But so many people you know, around around us, around the scene, always ask me, why the f*** do you like this guy? <laughs> he's so weird. And, I mean, yeah, he's great, but he's only great against certain guys. But I made a big deal about it because I'm like, I f- love him. What is your deal with me, you know, attaching myself to this character? So... For anyone who ever got attached to a character that and never saw him succeed, remember there are Sami Zayn's out there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for unraveling that mystery. Yeah, about it's there. That, that's that's why I love him. That's why I love him. And to this day, if he ever makes Universal Champion or you know anything really, any singles success, I'd be over the moon. All right. And now that's your fandom as a wrestling fan. Let's talk about when your journey to PWR started, and it was from the SGP podcast. So, yeah. how did you contact Stan and Road to be the third guy? So, Stan sort of brought me on, I would say, at about the episode 30 mark of the SGP podcast. Um, at that time, I think I just like quit my uh, advertising job. I quit my advertising job. I had the nights now to record with them. I've always been like, in working in sound or production for the longest time so i thought hey what's a podcast like something something to try my hand at because i knew that um i would listened to a couple of episodes and i'm like stan you could use help editing this adding a few more layers just a bit more jazz to it so i came on i sat in the back and then i was just like okay fiddle 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 <laughs> record your tracks let's do this and then it got to the point that they sort of said, okay, Camus, why don't you talk? We could use your opinion. You're not terrible at this. You sort of know your stuff anyway. So I'm like, okay, I'll talk. And then from there, it just became recurring. And then it became, yeah, third host, full time. Yep. And then in a very, like, I would say very quickly after that, we started guesting the PWR guys. Oh, yeah. Uh... We heard that from I think your episode two hundred. Yeah, that was that was yeah. that's the. I mean, you can go listen to that. But since we're on Jobber Talk, Jobber Talk with Martin. No, we'll link it down below. Yeah, I mean, it's me. it's it's fine. You don't. Uh, I'll still I'll still repeat the story now. Okay. Um, what did happen was, we were interviewing. I I can't remember which talent specifically, but I remember that one. One talent who will no longer be named for he is no longer associated with the company. Okay. And he is an evil, evil man. Okay. 
You know who he is. Yes, yes, yes. He was in the booth that evening and he was like, he goes up to Stan and he's like, uh, Stanley, uh, maybe you want to be our general manager. Pa. And we're like, oh, th- th- that's nice. So Ro has his young boying job. Stan gets the GM ship. And then me, I'm just like, hey, man, you got anything for me? Got anything for me? And I just like, oh, well, you know, we contacted our old announcer and apparently he doesn't want it anymore. Barry, whoever he whoever, is, yeah, whatever he's doing now. So, Camus, you have a suit? I'm like, yeah. Of course I do. Okay, you can be the announcer. Nice. So I'm like, okay, cool. Got thrown into it. Was a terrible announcer by all measure. Like, I will... I have been very hard on myself in hindsight. I mean, I only did it for about, I'd say, five shows. Yeah, before... uh, Before Poch got brought on. Yeah. And, you know, ever since then, it's no looking back. Like, Poch has been far superior like absolutely better than I ever could be and you know it's it's not that I want to suck his dick but <laughs> but it's it's true that Poch just does a much better job than I do like he has he has more charisma he's got a better voice and he keeps his wits about him a lot better than I ever did so there's that so yeah since you became the ring announcer Care to tell us when you started boot camping and who were your batchmates that we may or may not see in the PWR ring right now? I mean, there are a lot that you won't see, but I come from the much heralded batch three of PWR boot camp. So this is the first batch after after everyone who was at Vendetta. Oh, okay. okay. After that second show. So anyone that sort of came on immediately after that came from that batch. So if you want to run it down, Redrick Mahaba, the Yolo Twins. Idol. No, Idol's four. Oh, Idol's four, batch wow. four. Idol's batch four. One batch after me. Um, Vintendo, Super Vintendo is okay. from my batch. And a couple of other guys that, you know, are that are gone. But for a batting average, that's that's not so bad. That's not so bad. Although I was the last one to make it out. But you still made it out. I still made it out. I still made it out. I but mean, I, I, I saw everyone else come up also, but I still made it out. And because the reason was, I think one of the reasons for your delay was an injury. Yeah. Care to explain that injury? Like, what happened? Okay, so if you look at the tail end of our MCS run. Like, um, I think the last few show, the, the last show in MCS, uh, the month before that, I actually fract- had a micro fracture in my ankle mm-hmm. that developed into a bone spur. So it's like there was, a, there was a micro fracture and then a fragment of that sort of splintered off okay. into my ankle. Um, one, one bootcamp session, I was mucking around with with the guys from batch four at the time um i got myself hurt and then you know you start going to your ankle and you're just like oh it just doesn't feel right doesn't feel right and then you know a day you think it's a sprain so you, you you sit out the rest of the session you think it's a sprain it doesn't swell so you're like oh okay that's not good there's pain, but there's no swelling. So that either means it's a ligament damage or it's bone damage. So at that point, you're like, okay, go get an x-ray. 
And when the extra comes in, they're like, okay, so do you see this thing here? This floating chunk of bone? And I'm like, oh, that's actually a chunk. And it's like, yeah, it's big. So we're going to have to take that out. So now I'm semi-bionic. I have a semi-bionic ankle with oh, like nice. a small implant. And that sort of screwed with the next six months. So that was the transition from MCS, MCS to, to iAcademy. And actually overlapped with, I think, one show in Bayanihan. Yes, uh, 2016. 2016, yeah. The very first, uh, the first Bayanian show, show with Renaissance. Yes. Yeah. So up until then, I was really, you know, walking with pain, operating with pain in my ankle because it still really hadn't fully healed. Any memories for you as a young boy in MCS or any oh, venue? I, had, I, I have... I have lots of young boy memories. You'd have to be oh, a lot okay. more pointed with the That's question. Sure. Like, you know, I am still ten ten year wise. I am the longest serving young boy in PWR. Okay, care to tell us one of your one or two of your most memorable young boy stories? Be it like ushering certain people, oh, guests, God. or catching a certain wrestler or two in their on. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll give you two. I'll give you two young boy stories that are pretty fun the first one is my long-standing history with Migs Rosales and his dives oh okay here we go so um it's no secret that Migs Rosales enjoys his dive spots especially to the outside so he does this flip that all always lands into a crowd of young boys he always asks he always used to ask Kamus dive spot kami and I always get mad at him because every time, every time he pulls a dive spot and has ever pulled a dive spot that I'm involved in, somehow, some way, he finds me and either makes contact with my head or I just eat the brunt of the, the dive. Okay. It's always I I moved I moved around like I've been at the far end of the pile. I've been at the middle of the pile. Nick's always found a way to hit me. So, I think this was in uh, Bayanihan. Mm -hmm. This is in Bayanihan. Um, one of his, one of his matches. I think this was the Revo X against Ken Warren. He had a, he had a solo. Oh, he had a uh, solo match. The Ken Warren I think was the I Academy match. I Academy there yeah. there. So Ken Warren Ken Warren versus Migs, and he tries to pull. He tried to pull a dive spot also. Okay. He hit me so hard in the head that he hit my glasses. Oh. They didn't snap. They didn't snap. But then my glasses like came off my head, landed on another young boy. Holy shit. <laughs> and then I'm just there like, because I realized later on, Migs' ass bone, <laughs> tailbone made contact with my skull. And I'm just like, this hurts. And then Migs was like, Kamos, are you okay? I'm just like, <laughs> like at the bottom of it I was like fuck you Migs and to this day like Migs knows that I love him but but every time he wants to pull a dive spot he, uh, he has to beg like he has to beg like very earnestly at the start of the show he's like Camus I'm gonna dive today can you please catch me yeah sure it doesn't I mean it doesn't mean I'm not mad but I'll do it 
And then I think my second most memorable one would have to be the night that Chris Panzer and Apocalypse went to All Out War in Bayanihan. Yeah, the first Bayanihan show, guys. Ugh. Renaissance. There, okay, for context, um, Panzer, Panzer took a light tube to the back that shattered a way that it shouldn't have. Okay. So, for context, if anyone's watched Japanese death matches, <laughs> you know that these light tubes are supposed to explode. Like, you know, just shatter into dust and not break into the glass that you sort of see on the top of um, walls. You know, used as a security measure. Unfortunately, that's how the glass of this light tube broke. So, Panzer has glass shards in his back, small little embedded things. And I start freaking out. I'm like, oh shit, oh shit. So, you know, you, you let the match go, but as as one of the young boys who knows first aid, you're like, okay, you're gonna need agua oxinada, you're gonna need um, gauze to patch this up, you're gonna need a lot of, you know, medical attention for this because he's bleeding out. Not the man to the point that he's a bloody mess, but he's bleeding more than he should. So I run backstage and I'm just like, okay. Panzer's building like a stuck pig who has the first aid kit and they're just like huh? what? people backstage are just freaking out like Camus you're not exaggerating I was a bit but because I was really trying to find the first aid kit we couldn't find it because somebody some some member of the roster who is no longer with us took it home and didn't bring it to the show because he wasn't booked for the show context to that was he wasn't there anymore. Apparently, this is when he was on shaky grounds. Post APCC 2016. Yeah. So he's just for timeline reference. So there what there were uh, uh, the medics. Apparently, they weren't there. They weren't there in you know in sight of everyone. We couldn't find the medics at the time. We couldn't find the first aid kit. So double whammy. Buti na lang. There was a makeshift first aid kit. And a doctor in the house who was a friend of ours. Oh, is it a certain row? No, no, no. Oh, no. the other doctor. The other doctor. Um, Jeremy de Guzman. Okay. <laughs> so, Jer was in the audience. He's a friend of mine from Ateneo who just happened to be there for his first PWR show. <laughs> so, I forget that. I forgot for a moment that he was there because I'm like, okay, there's no first aid team. There's no one here. Jer, Jer, Jer's here. Jer's here. Jer. Bro. And he's like, yeah, he's bleeding a lot. And he's like, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need tweezers and something, um, nail cutter, anything. Find me that. We're gonna work on him in the back after the match. And then I'm, he's like, how much longer is this gonna go? Because he can't take, he can't take a fall on the back. You know, he couldn't take a back bump at that point without embedding it further into his back. And then I look at, I look at them, I look at the ref, I look at everyone, and it's like, apparently this match is gonna finish soon. Okay, finish, finish, finish. Boom, hits it. First thing I do is like grab Panzer, bring him to the back, and then doctor friend, I'm like, ha, come with me, come with me. And then security at the time was just looking at him, was like, who the fuck? He's, he's a doctor. Ah, okay, sige, sige. <laughs> so that was, I think that was the same night that Max tore his ACL, oh, no. if I'm not mistaken. Different. Different. Okay. I was Different. there. Okay. That's the next one. See, that's that, yeah. that's that's how fuzzy my memory is from all of these shows. So he pulls he pulls out enough of the glass from Panzer's back and he's like, 
you know, I can't do this much longer. You might as well take him to a you know, nearby hospital, go to Medical City, figure it out. And buti na lang, we were able to, um, Panzer and his girlfriend got there. But it was really freaky for me at the time because that's the most blood I've seen in a re- like in, in any wrestling match. You know, Bombay Suarez aside, but with Bombay, you know where it's coming from, eh? Yeah. This one you don't know how disinfected everything was, so uh, kind of gruesome. And now let's go to your well. Let's fast forward now to your debut. That, Wait, that that's no, no, that no, that, that, that's too far. That's, that's, too, that's, far. Way that's too, too far. That's way too far. Way too far. I'm sorry. Let's go backwards, and let's talk about your partnership first with TDT. When did that thing started? Because after his first match, the first young boy who grabbed him was. Oh, that was pre. That was predetermined. That okay. was predetermined. I will say this: um, Trian and I, we've crossed paths a lot in the past. Um, like before he even stepped into bootcamp, okay. apparently I booked his band, the Oemons, at least once in my tenure as a production guy running shows. Okay. So, the Oemons performed for me once. I paid him off once. Before that, I remember loving his band. In Magnet Katipunan that's how far back this goes holy smokes <laughs> I that's haven't how... been to Magnet in 20... since 2006 Magnet's been closed Magnet's been closed yeah. for yeah. a long yeah. while Magnet Katipunan alone has been closed for a long while oh, so this must have been 2008-2009 college years <laughs> so I booked him alongside a couple of our mutual friends so when he came on into boot camp agad-agad nagtinginan kami di ba ikaw yung gago sa OEMONS? <laughs> So we've been like, like we've known of each other and then we really became friends when he came on into boot camp. Um, I helped him out a bit, you know, just talking to him as a rookie. And from there, you know, we we just became friends and we maintained the friendship. But when he when he was going to debut, he told me, Hey, you know what would be really hilarious? If you if you carried me like a baby out after the match because um, his first match was against Crystal. Crystal and he took the he took that boot to the face he took that boot to the face and then he was supposed to be knocked out and semi you know semi lutang after the match but he still wanted to put off the par- I'm still the major champ I'm still the major champ even though he was lutang as heck so he's like Camus give me a piggyback out just to just to further enforce the fact that I'm a little man, and I'll pull this, you know, still the champ, still the champ, shtick. I was like, yeah, whatever. So I rode along with it, and I was like, okay, you know, if if this is a one-off, it's funny. If it's if it develops into something, yeah, let's see. Because at that point, like, we didn't we didn't have any character for me. Like, um, there was no developed character for Camus at the time. And then when the fan suggestion of Grab Gamus came along, you're like, okay, let's let's just roll with it. Let's make it a thing. And so by default, I sort of am the first member of the Trianverse in that sense. So how has it been your experience being part of the Trianverse? Because it's been a year. It's been a full year. Like you can say it's a full year as a unit. Like this... Yeah, this October is... It's usually October's our anniversary, kumbaga. 
Mm-hmm. No, um, it's been it's been fun. I will say this. Um, one of the reasons I think it has worked is because we all get along on different levels. Like the dynamic between myself and Tria and myself and Echo, myself and Cap, myself and Jem, Merlin, because she has a real name, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all of us, all of us get along on different levels and in different, you know, on different terms with each other. But as a group, we just, you know, we we jive. Kaya ever since then, I've been happy to have this set of friends. That's you know different from the set of friends that many people thought i would have uh, drifted towards like many people thought oh because stan's there and you know you've been friends with him since high school he's gonna manage you at some point no never really happened wasn't in the cards um or you know any other relationship i have with the wrestlers so there's that it it just works for us. Now, if you want if you want to lay it down, it's really because we're all fans of the same thing. We all know what we want to deliver and we all want to have fun doing it. So, because of that approach and it's a very, you know, communal approach to it, we all get our jobs done in different aspects. And don't forget the merch. Oh, yeah, I mean the merch. The merch is there, but we're working on coming back to merch elite status. Yes. When, whenever it gets there, because uh, we've been having supplier problems. Oh. That's legitimate concern. That's a legitimate concern, sir. Okay. And speaking of the tree inverse. Yes. Thanks to that, you had your very first debut match. I mean, you can only have one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and. Who was it against? Oh God! It was it was the it was that battle royale. Yeah. <laughs> that that massive tag team battle royale with uh, Punk Dolls, uh, Yolo Ranger. Yeah. It was a Yolo Twin and a Ranger. Um, Makata. Makata Brad Cruz, uh, the Kaka Ibros, and yeah, us. Six teams. Yeah, that's that's the six teams, where the three and counted for two teams. Yep. Because in Kel's episode, he was explaining how he and the rest of the crowd were popping huge about this shit. And we explained why, yeah. our side. Yeah. But now this is your side. How were you feeling inside ring during that pop, during your first match? It's I mean, not, there yeah. has to be a lot. I mean, okay. For, for those who know me, like who know me, know me. You know that, like, I downplay a lot. Like, parang, oh, big spot. Ah, okay, Kebs lang. Oh, look, momentous moment. Yeah, it's cool. That, that's how I felt. Like, going, going into it, I was like, sell the moment. Make sure people are surprised. Act surprised that, you know, this is happening. Because Cap had his Revo X moment. Yes. Cap had his Revo X moment. I'm, I'm very happy he got that for his debut. And then here I am, I'm just like, Oh, these guys have no idea. Because it was there. All the clues were there leading up to it. And no one caught it. So in my head, I'm just like, no one's got this. No one's gonna be, no one's gonna be like, oh, wait, who's the sixth team? 
Ay, putik. Wait, Naughty Boys, did he mean Cap and Camus in some iteration? No, none of y'all caught it. That's the thing. That, that was one. But number two is that I really was just like, okay, let's, let's do this. I'm gonna be in there for like five, six minutes at the most. Milk the moment, make it work. But in truth, I was very much in a daze. Like, it's like, I didn't realize how loud it was until you listen to it back, you see the footage, and people start making a big deal about it. Because I really didn't make a big deal about it the whole day. Like, th- when I went back into the curtain, I'm just like, hi, thanks, yeah. How was, how were the moves? How did it look? It's good? Okay, cool. I'm gonna change. I have the young boy the rest of the show. There were things like that. And then after the show, everyone's like, oh my god, Camus, that was so cool. What was that? Oh my god, you swerved us. Yeah, yeah that, that was the point. Point achieved. But I didn't do that much. To be honest, like there was barely any offense in there. And I, you know, I don't care. I don't care about, I don't care about the hype that surrounds me. I really just cared, did the match look good? Did it achieve its purpose? Did we get the right guys over enough to tell the story that we are still telling to this day? Like if you rewind, if you rewind storyline wise, that match actually sets up so much for the tag division right now. Like if you rewind, you look at the relationship that we have with the Kakae Bros. That's there. Yolo Twins. That's there. Uh, the Golden Brown Lovers. That sort yeah, of devolved yeah. after that match. So everyone who was in that match, um, save for Robin and Martivo, because they're on their own paths with Robin you know, having to take care of her business right now in her life, um, and Martivo going on his singles run of late, which is quite impressive as well, you have the tag division actually being a division now. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm very happy with what we're all doing there and how we're all making it work. And, you know, along the way, how people have received everyone along, you know, everyone who has since been there. It's true. And now tomorrow, because we're going to put this up the day yeah, before. Yeah, the day the before, show. yeah. We're going to have <laughs> you and Cap taking on Sandata and Main Max of the MSG, who's been touting strength in numbers, trust the process, clearly. All these NBA cliches. <laughs> I'm not salty, okay. I'm not salty personally about it because um, pulling back the curtain a bit, Stan ran it by me. Stan ran this idea by me and I was just like, he, he, he was banking on this I want to find a way to say strength in numbers without saying strength in numbers. I want to say trust the process without saying trust the process. I'm like, dude, you know, just go ahead and say it. Like, go ahead, use it because it fits who you are. Yes. Little did I know how far he'd take it. Na parang it became pun worthy. Yeah. Michael Buesa pun worthy <laughs> catchphrases. And I'm just like, you know, you ran with it. Good. Good. Own up to it. Sure. And then I I remember right after the match was announced, like this was earlier in the month, earlier yeah. in the month, I made a big deal about uh, strength and numbers, Kajan. Because that's that's my thing. Yeah. 
The Golden State Warriors. It's your team. My team. Anyone, anyone who does know me knows I'm a real San Francisco guy. I spent summers there a lot, like with my grandparents. Growing up, I loved the Warriors when they were terrible. Yeah, he, he, you got through the Donald Foyle years, man. I mean, the Jason Richardson, Baron Davis. That wasn't bad. Weren't so bad. Like you could still say, yeah, yeah, I, I like these. I like these fifty-win warriors. I like these guys. But you've been there since post Choke Latrell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard. Like, like the Nelly, the Nelly years weren't so bad, because there was something that okay, if any anyone who knows NBA history, Don Nelson is is you know if you want exciting guard centric fast paced basketball. Don Nelson started that. Amen. And the thing is, he started with Jason Kidd, but then when he brought it to the Bay, when he had decent guards as well, you know, it, it worked. It worked for a while. That's why Steven Jackson worked in the system. That's why a lot of these guys who had no business being good worked in his system. Did it win games? Not all the time. But it's a precursor to seven seconds or less. It's a precursor to a lot of these things. And... It was entertaining and fun to watch. So by the time Mark Jackson comes around and you know things are starting to settle with Steph being there, Monte Ellis being traded, David Lee sort of coming into his own, Andrew, Andrew Bogut coming on, once that team starts to come along, I can be like, yay, this is a team worth cheering for. They almost took the Spurs in six. No, they didn't. They lost. And then Steve Kerr. And then Steve bam. Kerr, and then bam, mother. Mm, so beautiful. And that's why your character got worked up with the strength in numbers thing. I get worked up. I get worked up when anyone tries to steal my thing. Mm. But the thing is, if you look at it, and this is and this is this is a little bit of grab gamos talking. Strength in numbers only works when you do have the numbers, and that's something that you know the the group and I have been espousing the power of friendship also circulates around the idea that we have the numbers game working for us because we're friends and we trust each other and that's something that I don't think MSG understands just yet mm -hmm. because yeah sure Max and Stan have been working together Max and Sandata not at all not at all, have zero relationship, mind you, apart from their minor interactions before. But Stan and Sandata, what? Ubusang lahi? How'd that go? It's terrible. And remember their own tag team history, Sandata in DualShock, wasn't DualShock is, is a footnote no, in, in yeah. either man's career right yeah. now. And main, both, both, and main Max hasn't really had tag teams, yeah. tag team work under his belt. So my thing there is, what the hell do these guys bring to the table that's remotely strength in numbers? You're three guys. You're one big dude, one technical, and a Chinese guy <laughs> who thinks that he's my brother. When has Mr. C ever espoused the values of Grab Camus or Camus the young boy? When has he ever sponsored me? When has he ever given me my shot? Grab Camus can never say that Mr. C has given him a shot. But Triandela Torre did. Yeah. 
Evan Carlo did. They trusted him enough, oh, diba? There's trust there. There's something that was built there that is that didn't come overnight. Like you said earlier, it's about a year coming up on the anniversary. A year versus a month of just being together in name versus a year of enduring the ups and downs that we did. Oh, diba? Who's got the real strength in numbers? You have a center, a shooting guard, and what does Stan play? Coach? No, no. Okay. He, he plays like small forward. Okay. That's three positions. He can't feel the team of ta- five with that. And your side has five. We have five exactly. exactly. We have five exactly. How? Not small even, ball. It's a small ball rotation. Not even counting Boyet. Boyet, Boyet's services are no longer. Yeah, see. That's, that's, she's. She's gonna be a dad now. All right. Congrats, Boyet. She's gonna be Congrats. a dad now. But there, we have a team of five. It's small ball, but small ball versus a uh, undermanned three. I like my chances with a small ball five. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. What's your response to that video? He was trying to play with your mind right now, going to your school. <laughs> I mean, okay, so it's not a secret that I went to high school with Stan. Okay. It's also not a secret that Stan C does teach an elective at Saver School. Okay. He had every opportunity to go, but then I'm like, by this time that this has aired, by the time that this episode's up, yeah, our response. promo, our response okay. promo will be out. and. When you see that, you'll understand that, you know, I don't care what one person has to say when that one person pretends to be a brother. All right. Any parting words to your upcoming opponents? I I mean, there's nothing personal also Mm -hmm. if, you know, if I take a swing at these guys. Mm. I'm... If you've noticed, Cap and I are mostly all business when it comes down to it. Yeah, sure, the pre the pre entrance shtick of the oiling up is a shtick. Yeah. <laughs> but then once we're in the ring, it's all business, man. There's no, you know, there's no tomfoolery there. I mean, Sandata is a character that I've followed a lot ever since ever since that fateful second show, since his debut. I know how he operates. Main Max, I know how he operates. And I know his weak spots too. These two guys are challenges to us. But they're just, they're a new tag team. What do they have to offer that even constitutes to being remotely, you know, relevant in a tag team setting? They've They've done enough in the singles, you know, singles, PHX, division level things. Max just went for the, just contended for the PWR championship, but in terms of tag team wrestling, neither of them have any chemistry together, and I'd like to see them try. That's what I want. So at the end of the day, the challenge is with them. Whatever Stan has to say is not in my head. Okay. Like let's just make that very clear, because. I am solely focused on getting the first win for myself and Cap and showing that we are not jokes. Because we're not. Like, if you you look at the wrestling, the shenanigans outside is joking. We do joke a lot. But in the ring, if you're not taking us seriously, you're not paying attention. There is that. Amen. Amen. And at the end, at the end of the day, let's bring it back. 
Main Max Sandata, nothing personal. But if your manager makes it personal, eh, then let's see what we can do to your manager. <laughs> Alright. So you can catch Grab Camus and Capitan Tutan? Capitan yeah. Tutan is the official. Yeah, okay. It's the official. Taking on Main Max and Sandata, the MSG group. Tomorrow, newly at, formed. Yeah, newly formed yeah. at PWR Live Shake, Rassle, and Roll, which is coming to you in Mandaluyong City, baby. Tickets. Do you like Mandaluyong? I, I live there. I mean, you, yeah, you live there, but do you like it? Yeah. Where I grew up, man. Yeah, but do you like it? Yeah. Okay. I just said yeah. But yes, tickets. <laughs> up to today are at 350 pesos. 350 bundle at bundle 999. At 999. But if you can't make it today, you can go to the venue. It's 400 pesos. Yep. But you can still PM my guest right now, yes. Rob Camus, at his Facebook page for discounts and other PWR superstars' page. Or the PWR official page. Even. Yes, even that. And where can we find you online, Mr. Camus? Grab Camus has a Facebook page. Everything else is my personal. So you can at me on Twitter at Caveman Camus, and that's about it. And he's also, again, one of the hosts of the SGP podcast. The where longest. Can they find it? Yes, yes. Go, go. Weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. We're on Spotify. We're on Buzzsprout. Oh, we are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. But we like we like the Spotify place. Like, okay. you should you should also consider getting on Spotify because okay. it's not that hard to get certified. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it helps it helps with the listens. All right, thank you so much, Camus, and you can help this site unsuck by being a monthly patron. That's Patreon.com/channel14. <laughs> you can also catch our other shows aside from Jobber Talk. That's Third World Gaming, Third World Linux, and Bug Dega Nights, which are actually kind of back right now. Jaw, are you replacing us, by the way? And the very, very much famous Radio Norm. Please have six seasons and a spoken word tour. And on behalf of my friend Camus, we'll see you tomorrow at PWR Live Shake, Rassle, and Roll. This is Martin signing out. Peace. Mm-hmm.